0: Tonight on Banfield, so many names, so many deaths. The pain is still fresh in Uvalde, but so many schools bear so many scars from so many shootings. Tonight, we add them all up so that we don't forget. And tonight, we know more about the Uvalde killer, the life he seemingly hated, and the 21 lives he stole. A terrible picture slowly comes into focus. Also ahead.
1: You're a, sick son of a, bitch.
0: a protester crashes the Texas governor's news conference. Not just any protester, the man who wants the governor's job. Was it a cheap political stunt or a desperate cry for action? And later, she is suspected of shooting dead her romantic rival in Texas and then hopping on two planes to New York City. How on earth did she get away and how much longer will it take to catch her? All ahead on Banfield. Hello and welcome to Banfield. Each time we vow to remember a mass shooting happens far away, or God forbid, in our own hometowns, and we grieve, and we fume, and we send prayers, and then, when we can't do anything else, we promise not to forget. And then we do just that. Because mass school shootings happen more than we even know, more than any news program can cover. The horror in Uvalde was and is huge, but it is also the 24th act of gun violence at a K-12 school during school hours this year alone. That is according to the Washington Post. They keep an exhaustive database, exhaustive and exhausting. I don't have my own count. I don't have one because I have lost count of how many mass shootings I personally have covered. Even school shootings. And if they all run together in my mind then I have the sense they are going to run together in your minds as well, which itself is tragic, because the toll is ungodly. And whether we grasp it or not, we feel it. And our nation is so much the poorer for it. So tonight, I want to dedicate just a couple of minutes to the lives and the names that make up that collective ungodly toll. I am going to spare you the names of all 311,000 U.S. school children who were at school when gunfire erupted just since the Columbine Massacre of 1999. And I'm going to give you a moment to let that number sink in. 311,000 kids who've endured gunfire at school in 23 years. More than 550 students and staff were actually hit by that gunfire. All since Columbine. 185 of them were killed. So this is for them. And really, it's for all of us, because this is America's toll. See how many of these you can remember or don't remember. See if your town or your state is on this list. Columbine High School, Little Town, Colorado, April 20th, 1999. Cassie Bernal, Stephen Kurnow, Corey Deputer, Kelly Fleming, Matthew Ketcher, Daniel Mauser, Daniel Rohrbau, Dave Sanders, Rachel Scott, Isaiah Scholes, John Tomlin, Lauren Townsend, and Kyle Velasquez. Deming Middle School in Deming, New Mexico, November 19, 1999 again. Araceli Tana, 13 years old. Ridgewood High School, Newport, Ritchie, Florida, Jan 19th, the year 2000. Teddy Niziole, 16 years old. Buell Elementary School, Mount Morris Township, Michigan, February 29th, 2000. Kayla Rowland, age six. Carmichael Elementary School, Sierra Vista, Arizona, May 10th, 2000, again. Tammy Kwaktaker, 36 years old. Lake Worth Middle School, Lake Worth, Florida, May 26, 2000, again. Barry Grinnell, 36. Lake Clifton, Eastern High School in Baltimore, Maryland. Lawrence Grant, 17. Santana High School, Santana, California, May, uh, March 5, 2001. Brian Zucker, 14, and Randy Gordon, 17. Lou Wallace High School, Gary, Indiana, March 30, 2001. Neil Boyd. 16. Latonia Elementary School, elementary. Covington, Kentucky, September 12, 2001. Linda Gegner, age unknown. St. James Catholic School, Liberty, Missouri, November 7, 2002. Kowaldeep Singh, nine years old. John McDonough High School, New Orleans, Louisiana, April 14, 2003. Jonathan Williams, 15. Red Lion, Junior High School, Red Lion, Pennsylvania, April 24th, 2003. Eugene Segro, 51. Vicksburg High School, Vicksburg, Mississippi, September 10th, 2003. O'Derry Lee Earl Mims, 20. Recori High School, Cold Springs, Minnesota, September 24th, 2003. Seth David Bartell, 14. Aaron Michael Rollins, 17. Balu High School, Washington, D.C., February 2nd, 2004, James Richardson, 17. T.M. Pierce Elementary School, Philadelphia, Feb 11th, 2004, Fahim Thomas Childs, 10 years old, 10. Red Lake High School, Red Lake, Minnesota, March 21st, 2005, Daryl Allen Lucier, Sr., Michelle Lee Sigana, Derek Bryant Brun, Nevada Jane Wincoop Rogers, Alicia Alberta White, Thurlene Marie Stilday, Chanel Starr Rosebear, Chase Albert Lussier, Dwayne Michael Lewis. Keep going, Campbell County. That's a high school in Jackson or Jacksboro, Tennessee, November eighth, two thousand five. Ken Bruce, age forty-eight. Milwee Middle School, Longwood, Florida, January thirteenth, two thousand six. Christopher Penley, fifteen. Venice High School, Los Angeles, California, June 5th, 2006. Augustine Contreras, Augustine Contreras, 17 years old. Platte Canyon High School, Bailey, Colorado, September 2006. Emily Keyes, 16. Weston High School, Cazenovia, Wisconsin, September 29th, 2006. John Klang, 49. West Nickel Mines, Amish School, Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. October 2006. Naomi Rose Ebersall, age 7. Marion Stoltzfus-Fisher, 13. Anna Mae Stoltzfus, 12. Lena Zook-Miller, 8. Mary Liz Miller, 8. Henry Foss High School, Tacoma, Washington, January 2007. Sam Nancock, 17 years old. EO Green Junior High, Oxnard, California, February 2008. Lawrence Fobbs King, 15. Central High School, Knoxville, Tennessee, August 2008. Ryan McDonald, 15. Dillard High School, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, November 2008. Amanda Collette, 15. Carolina Forest High School in Conway, South Carolina, October 09. Trevor Tharinesk, 16. Discovery Middle School, Madison, Alabama, February 2010, Todd Brown, 14. Alisal High School, Salinas, California, October 2010. Jose Daniel Cisneros, 15. Millard South High School, Omaha, Nebraska, January 5th, 2011. Vicky Casper, 58. Louisiana Schnell Elementary School, elementary. Placerville, California, February 2nd, 2011. Sam LaCara, age 50. Cummings Middle School, Brownsville, Texas, January 4th, 2012. Jamie Gonzalez, 15. Chardon High School, Chardon, Ohio, Feb 27, 2012. Daniel Parmator, 16. Russell King Jr., 17. Demetrius Hewlin, 16. Episcopal Church of Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida, March of 2012. Dale Regan, 63. Mary Scroggs Elementary School, elementary. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, May 2012. Shanaz Kaber, 40. Sandy Hook Elementary, Newtown, Connecticut, December 14th, 2012. Get comfortable, folks. Charlotte Bacon, 6. Daniel Barden, 7. Noah Posner, 6. Jack Pinto, 6. Jesse Lewis, 6. Grace, Mac- Grace McDonald, 7. Dylan Hockley, Jessica Ricos, 6. Anna Marquez Green, 6. Madeline Chu, 6. Olivia Engel, 6. James Mattioli, 6. Chase Kowalski, 6. Catherine Hubbard, 6. Josephine Gay, 7. Emily Parker, 6. Caroline Praviti 6. Aviel Richman, 6. Benjamin Wheeler, 6. Allison Wyatt, 6. Vicky Soto, 27. Mary Sherlock, 20, 56. Don Hawksprung, 47. Rachel Devino, 29. Lauren Russo, 30. Anne-Marie Murphy, 52. That was when we thought we wouldn't have this again. We go to 2013, Apostolic Revival Center and Christian School in Fort Myers, Florida. It's Fort Myers again. Christopher Smith, 27. Sparks Middle School, Sparks, Nevada. October 21, 2013. Michael Lansbury, 45. Arapahoe High School, Centennial, Colorado. December 2013. Claire Davis, 17. Reynolds High School, Troutdale, Oregon, June 10th, 2014. Emilio Hoffman, 14. Marysville Pilchuck High School, Marysville, Washington, October, 2014. Zoe Galasso, 14. Gia Soriano, 14. Shaley Chukul-Naskat, 14. Andrew Freiberg, 15. Independence High School, Glendale, Arizona, February 2016. Mary Q., 15. Townville Elementary School, Townville, South Carolina, September 2016, Jacob Hall, 6. North Park Elementary, again, San Bernardino, California, April 2017, Karen Elaine Smith and Jonathan Alfredo Martinez, Jonathan was 8. Freeman High School, Rockford, Washington, September 2017, Sam Strahan 15. Aztec High School, Aztec, New Mexico, December 2017, Casey Jordan Marquez, 17, Francisco Paco Fernandez, 17, Marshall County High School, Benton, Kentucky, January 2018, Bailey Holt, 15, and Preston Cope, 15, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Parkland, Florida, February 14, 2018, once again, get comfortable. Alyssa Alhadeff, 14, Scott Bagel, 35, Martin Duke, 14, Nicholas Dwarit, 17, Aaron Feiss, 37, Jamie Gutenberg, 14, Chris Hickson, 49, Luke Hoyer, 15, Carol Ockren, 14, Gina Montalo, Gina Montalto, 14, Joaquin Oliver, 17, Elena Petty, 14, Meadow Pollock 18, Helena Ramsey, 17, Alex Schachter, 14, Carmen Schentrup, 16, and Peter Wang, 15. And yes, it continued. Huffman High School, Birmingham, Alabama, March of 2018. Cortland-Arrington, 17. Great Mills High School, Great Mills, um, Maryland, March 2018. Jalen Willie, 16. Santa Fe High School, Santa Fe, Texas, May 2018. Cynthia Tisdell, 63. Glenda Ann Perkins, 64. Jared Conrad Black, 17; Shanna Fisher, 16; Christian Riley Garcia, 15; Aaron Kylie McLeod, 15; Angelique Ramirez, 15; Shabika Sheikh, 17; Christoph Stone, Christopher Stone, 17, and Kimberly Vaughn, 14. Canyon Springs High School, Las Vegas, Nevada, September 2018. Dalvin Brown, 18. Butler High School, Matthews, North Carolina, October 2018. Bobby McEython, 16. STEM School, Highlands Ranch, Highlands Ranch, Colorado, May 2019. Kendrick Castillo, 18. Esteban Torres High School, LA in California, November 13th, 2019. Omar Garcia, 37. Saugus High School, Saugus, California, November, 20, November 2019. Gracie N. Muehlberger, 15. Dominic Blackwell 14. Bel Air High School, Bel Air, Texas, January 2020, Cesar Cortez, 19. Watson Chapel Junior High, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, March 2021. Dalen Burnett, 15. Smyrna Middle School, Smyrna, Delaware, April twenty, April 27th. Stephanie Gill thirty-eight. Urban Dove Team Charter School, Brooklyn, New York, April 2021. Devante Lewis, 17. Washington Middle School, Albuquerque, New Mexico, August 2021, Benny Hargrove, 13. Mount Tabor High School, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, September 21, September 2021. William Chavez Raynard Miller Jr., 15. Oxford High School, Oxford, Michigan, November 2021. Tate Meyer, 16. Hannah St. Juliana, 14. Madison Baldwin, 17. Justin Schilling, 17. Oliver Citywide Academy, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, January 2022. Marquise Campbell, 15. South Education Center, Richfield, Minnesota, February 1st, 2022. Jamari Rice, age 15. East High School, Des Moines, Iowa, March 2022. Jose David Lopez, age 15. Eisenhower High School, Yakima, Washington, March 15th, 2022, Sean Dwight Tolbert, 15, 16. Mott Regent School, Hedinger County, New, um, North Dakota, March 21st, 2022, Jeffrey Ray Glover, 34. Tanglewood Middle School, Greenville, South Carolina, March 2022, Jamari Cortez Bonaparte Jackson, age 12. And then so far in Uvalde, Texas, May 24th. Yesterday Julia Nicole Seguero, age ten. Jace Carmelo Luvanos age ten. Irma Garcia, a fourth grade teacher. Jackie Cazares, ten year old student. Yuzia Garcia, eight years old. Emery Joe Garza, ten years old, fourth grade. Xavier Lopez ten. Eva Moreles, forty four. Fourth grade teacher. Althea Ramirez, 10. Annabel Rodriguez, 10. Alia Hanna Cruz Torres. Jose Flores, 10. Leila Salazar, 10. Rogelio Torres, 10. That, if you're just joining us, was just since Columbine. And since Uvalde is still a developing story, there is still news happening there tonight. And I'm going to take you there live next. Welcome back to our coverage of the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. We have some uh, major new information tonight, starting with brand new photos of the killer's grandmother, Celia Gonzalez, She's fighting for her life in the hospital, shot in the face by her grandson, who is now dead, and that grandmother's daughter, Adriana Reyes, as well. Uh, this is her. She is the mother of the school shooter. And um, that mother did an exclusive interview with the Daily Mail, who have these photos. Um, so we're thankful to them and sharing courtesy of the Daily Mail. This comes to us courtesy of ABC. She said that her son was a loner that he didn't have many friends, the Daily Mail says. And she was, quote, surprised by the news of the murders because she said her son was not a violent person. And she denied, according to the Daily Mail, that they had any problems between them. But keep in mind right now that mother is at a hospital bedside of her own mother, the 66-year-old grandmother of the shooter, a woman struggling to live. This is the grandfather who, understandably, devastated over what's happened. News Nation's Leland Vittert is live in Uvalde, Texas. He joins me now tonight. There's just so many unanswered questions still, Leland. The grandfather telling ABC that the, the, the shooter and his mother had problems. The mother denying that to the Daily Mail. I don't know that we'll ever know unless we can actually speak to that grandmother and that mother.
1: This is always the enduring question, Ashley, of why evil exists in the world, and it's something that humans have been wrestling with since uh, time began, and unfortunately, uh, despite our best efforts, oftentimes you can't answer that uh, question of why, even school shooters who survive. I'm thinking about Parkland and I'm thinking about uh, some of the other mass shootings we've covered. Uh, you don't really understand why. They may, there may be that they were bullied or that they were a loner or they were obsessed with guns or whatever. But what pushes somebody from that, of which there are a lot of people, over the edge to killing 19 fourth graders is a, uh, a chasm that is very difficult for the logical mind to leap.
0: So, Leland, the, the mother says that she just saw her son last week for his 18th birthday, that she had a card and a stuffed Snoopy that she had for him. Uh, but no one, grandmother, grandfather um, and mother, said anything about knowledge about these weapons that he had purchased on that day, on his birthday.
1: Right. One AR-15 uh, allegedly purchased on his birthday. One purchased a couple of days after 325 rounds of ammunition. They say they, say they don't know. And if you re- read sort of into the family background a little bit, and I know you're going to talk to Brian Enton who's done a lot of reporting on this uh, coming up, uh, perhaps this family was not the closest um, the idea that that they may not know what their 18 year old teenager is doing is probably not that far-fetched and at some point uh, and we've seen this in the past that parents uh, become estranged grandparents become estranged and the more friction that exists between a teenager and their their parents then that this we sort of go down this path it's it's not often children from wonderful loving homes that have fantastic relationships that are super close with their parents and seem engaged in life and engaged activities go and do this and i the one question i think that we're wrestling with here and i know the families will uh until the parents die of these children who passed away and who were killed uh they'll sh- struggle to answer the question why as well and sometimes it just doesn't have a good answer or an easy answer and that that that's what makes this perhaps so hard and so difficult uh, to deal with, and at the same time, why it makes it so easy uh, to then just sort of jump right to the politics of it. Because if we actually sit there and think about uh, the emotional aspects of it, it's it's sad, it's scary, and it's hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just Looking at these pictures of that grandmother um, in such happier times, knowing that she is fighting for her life in a, a hospital bed right now with the shooter's mother holding her hand, as she told uh, the Daily Mail. Leland Vitter, thank you for that. Appreciate your live reporting from down in Uvalde, Texas. So our Robert Sherman is also in Uvalde with the um, grim task of finding out who these little lives were and what we lost when 19 of them were killed in their classroom along with their two teachers.
2: Ashley, this is the side of the story we've seen develop today. Despite all of the acts of horror that we saw take place inside that building, there were some individual acts of heroism that saved lives.
1: Are you <laughs>
2: Within minutes, a normally quiet town became a scene of unimaginable horror. Pure chaos that would ultimately reveal some of the bravest heroes, including an unidentified border patrol agent off-duty at the time who rushed to the school and killed the gunman. So we had folks that came from off-duty. We had folks that came from training. We had folks that were in the field and responded. So a multitude, some 80 in total. Within an hour, hundreds of first responders arrived at the scene from as far away as San Antonio. Reports of panicked parents, some barefoot, others in business suits, doing whatever they could to try and protect their children. Smashing windows, pulling kids from classrooms. Then there were the teachers, who died shielding their students after the gunman burst into their classroom and barricaded the doors. 44-year-old Eva Meyerless's daughter posting a tribute saying, quote, I want to thank you, Mom, for being such an inspiration to me. I will forever be so proud to be your daughter. My sweet mommy, I will see you again. And then there was 46-year-old Irma Garcia, named Teacher of the Year at the school, to which she dedicated her entire career. And many of these stories will continue to come to light over the span of the next few days. Today, as we've spoken with families and those very close to this incident, they tell us that it just hurts too much to speak about it at this time. They're asking for privacy, and of course, we are respecting that. Ashley.
0: Yeah, Robert, that makes perfect sense. Robert Sherman uh, reporting for us live down in Uvalde. Uh, you know, everyone's asking the same question. What kind of person could do this? What kind of person could just walk into an elementary school and execute 19 little kids? Turns out we're learning a little bit more about the person who did it. And I want to bring in News Nation senior national correspondent, Brian Enton, who is also live in Uvalde tonight. Brian, you had a chance to speak with the shooter's neighbors and find out a little bit more about what might have set him off. What would you find out?
3: Well, first of all, Ashley, I heard you talking about that interview with the shooter's mother and her saying that there were no issues. Well, that is a very, very different story than what we have been hearing all day long on the street where they lived. First of all, uh, he had such issues with his mother, according to the neighbors, that he moved out. That's why he was no longer living with his mother anymore. They could not get along. He moved in with his grandparents recently and was now having such issues with uh, his grandmother. That uh, the neighbors say they believe that's the reason that he shot his grandmother in uh, in the face. They say there were signs that he was uh, mentally disturbed. Take a listen. They should have been celebrating their final days of the school year, but authorities say 19 fourth graders, all in the same class, were shot and killed by 18-year-old Salvador Ramos. They say he barricaded himself in the classroom, killing the children and their two teachers after shooting his grandmother in the face.
4: Someone who is as de- demented as it takes to kill little kids it goes beyond, seems to me, a mental health issue. When that, that is the sheer face of evil itself.
3: One day after the horrific shooting, a new timeline is emerging. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says there were warning signs on social media starting 30 minutes before the attack. He called them posts. A communications person for Facebook's parent company says they were direct messages. The first said, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. The second, I shot my grandmother. And Ramos's final message said, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. This is the shooter's house behind me. It's just a couple of blocks away from the elementary school. You can see the FBI has the road closed off. Agents have been going in and out all day. Uh, and neighbors tell us the shooter was recently suspended from high school. Do you know why he would have shot his grandma? I think she started arguing with him. He had just... Like I say, he would argue with his, with
2: his mother, so he got into an argument with, with
3: Sally. Salvador Ramos's neighbor, Joseph Moreno, was interviewed by the FBI today. He says Ramos has lived with his grandparents since recently after having a falling out with his mother. Moreno says Ramos was bullied because of the way he talked. He was just mad at the world. Mad at the world? Yeah, like he, they wouldn't accept him,
2: you know, the way he was. Uh, it's the way, you know, his conversation with the lips that he had and the way he dressed, they wouldn't make fun of him. So. What do you mean by the lips?
3: He, he couldn't lisp. Lisp, lisp. I'm lips. sorry. He had a lips. lisp. Yeah. Governor Abbott says Moreno had no known prior history of mental illness and no known criminal history before committing one of the most deadly school shootings in U.S. history.
4: He used one weapon, which was an AR-15, uh, using 223
3: rounds. And we've been able to fill in a few more of the gaps of the timeline, what led up to all of this. The shooter first uh, shot his grandmother in the face. Then someone called 911 uh, and he fled, got into a crash here outside the elementary school. And that is when the governor says uh, he ran from the vehicle and went actually into a back door of the school down a hallway around a corner. Uh, and that is when he entered the fourth grade classroom. Uh, and we all um, unfortunately know what happened next? Ashley? In one
0: classroom, all those kids in one classroom with the teachers. Brian, I was fascinated to see you at that neighborhood. Um, and I wondered if you saw them bringing any evidence bags or evidence boxes out of the home um, where Salvador was living with his grandmother.
3: So I didn't see boxes, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were doing that because they had the entire road closed. They had the front door and the side door of the house open. And there were FBI agents going in and out all day long. Uh, and that area is still closed off right now. So uh, surely uh, they've taken some evidence from the house.
0: I think they're going through it with a fine-tooth comb. You and I have seen it before, and hopefully they'll get some answers. I don't know how helpful that will be, but um, Brian Anton, great work down there. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ashley. Still to come, was it an impassioned appeal or was it a political stunt? The governor of Texas meets the would-be governor of Texas in the last place he'd expect. and just because we all know it can happen anywhere what new lessons are schools around the country learning to keep their kids safe and really is there anything more we can do stay with us Welcome back. The occasion was somber and all too familiar. A governor surrounded by aides and high officials recounting the latest details of a mass shooting. And it played out again today in Uvalde, Texas. But what happened about 20 minutes in was not familiar at all. That's when a former U.S. congressman who is now running to unseat the Texas governor stood up and spoke out before he was ushered out. Our Kelly Beeson joins me live now with all the details. So, Kelly, what exactly happened? Well, Ashley,
5: Governor Abbott, and other state leaders were in the middle of updating the public on yesterday's events when Abbott's opponents in this November's general election came forward and he essentially accused Abbott of creating the environment that allowed yesterday's mass shooting to happen. Tense moments at a press conference in Texas in the wake of a mass shooting at Robb Elementary, where 19 children and two teachers died. Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke interrupting Governor Greg Abbott and other state leaders, leading to a dramatic standoff.
4: Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey,
1: sit sit, sit down, down, and don't believe that's the next shooting is right now and you are doing nothing. No you need to stop. get his ass out of here. Just this isn't the place is to talk to show. this is totally predictable when you're <laughs> Sir, you're out uh, of line. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue.
5: O'Rourke escorted out of the room after the heated exchange as someone shouted at him to go home while others called for officials to let him speak. Outside, the Democratic candidate for governor addressing a gaggle of reporters, not mincing words.
4: He went to Santa Fe High School after kids were killed in their classrooms, told the parents he would do something. He did nothing. He came to my hometown of El Paso after 23 people were slaughtered. He said he was going to do something. He did nothing. In fact, the only thing he did was make it easier to buy a gun. The only thing he did was make it easier to carry a gun in public. And he bragged about the fact that there would be no background check, no training, no vetting whatsoever.
5: Back inside the auditorium, Governor Abbott shrugging off the outburst, calling for Americans to focus on the families affected by the tragedy and leave what he referred to as personal agendas aside.
4: We need all Texans to, in this one moment in time, put aside personal agendas, think of somebody other than ourselves, think about the people who were hurt.
5: And as he was addressing reporters outside the auditorium in or were clarified he wasn't solely blaming the governor, but said it's on all of us to take action to prevent future tragedies, Ashley.
0: Kelly Beeson, thank you for that report. Appreciate it. You know, uh, tomorrow was supposed to be their last day of school at Rob Elementary. That, as you know, is the happiest day of the year for a kid. But instead, Rob is a murder scene. A mass murder scene and it's a tragic reminder to everybody in this country it can happen anywhere at any time news nation's nancy lou joins me now live from los angeles and the nation you know they don't sit up and take notice all the time when there's a school shooting now sometimes it doesn't even make the news but this one's different how is the nation reacting nancy
6: well, Ashley, across the nation, flags are lowered and it really was not a regular school day for a lot of kids. It is a new cycle of reaction to a school massacre with school districts everywhere reevaluating safety protocols yet again. At schools across the nation today, a noticeable police presence outside and in many cases, inside as well.
3: We reached out to every district last night. We talked to our districts. We were like, listen, this is what I propose. They were like, do it, please, thank you.
6: Safety concerns are prompting changes everywhere in the final stretch of the academic year. In Florida, Polk County kids are no longer allowed to bring their book bags into school. It's kind of scary, but like with anything else, you, know, you just got to believe that the school's going to keep your kids safe, and I do. But what happened in Uvalde has again renewed fear that deadly school violence can happen anywhere at any time. I know exactly what those parents are going through and
5: you you bring your child to school with a book bag and and they leave
6: in a body bag. It's it's just it's it's not the way it should be scarlett lewis lost her son jesse in the mass shooting at sandy hook nearly a decade ago she launched a choose love movement to honor a son and push for preventative measures exactly the aim of these dad volunteers in las vegas
1: historically towards the end of the school year kids the uptick in violence they want to settle scores they think summer is eternity and they're going to get away with it.
6: One of the first people to reach out to administrators in Uvalde, the former principal of Columbine High School. week of Columbine, I said I just joined a club in which no one wants to be a member. They're all of our kids and we need to come together. The fear and pain, especially raw in Buffalo, already reeling from the recent massacre there.
1: This thing with Texas, I think every day when you wake up, you worry about your children and with these events that are occurring on a regular basis.
6: Now, here in L.A., we did have increased police patrols, LAPD working with L.A. school police, and they are investigating any school behavior that might lead to anything violent. Ashley.
0: Nancy Lou, thank you. Thank you for that. Coming up, we're going to switch gears. Um, there has been a woman hunt for eight days now in this country. A desperate search for the suspected killer of a world-class cyclist in the outside of a love triangle. The fugitive on the left is wanted for the killing of the romantic rival on the right. Tonight, brand new sightings of Caitlin Armstrong and it was nowhere near where we all thought she would be. The US Marshal who is chasing this woman is with me next live. Welcome back. An update tonight and a big one on the woman hunt that we brought you on Monday. It stems from what looks like a love, triangle, a love triangle gone very, very wrong, with one side of the triangle dead, the woman on the right, another left grieving, the one in the middle, and no one knows where the third side is, though U.S. Marshals now believe they may have narrowed it down. That third side, the one on the left, is Caitlin Marie Armstrong, Caitlin Marie Armstrong and she's on the run from the law suspected of murdering world-class cyclist Anna Moe Wilson in Austin, Texas, the evening of May 11th. That's two weeks ago tonight. Mo Wilson and Caitlin Armstrong's boyfriend once had a fling and may have still been seeing each other, even though he denied it. The marshals now say that on May 14th, three days after the killing, Caitlin Armstrong was caught here on this surveillance video boarding a flight at the Austin airport she flew to Houston and connected there to New York City's LaGuardia Airport. And from there, she could be anywhere. Um, homicide warrant has now been issued for Armstrong. That happened three days after this video. I want to bring in U.S. Marshal Susan Palmerlow from the Western District of Texas. She is actually at an airport tonight. She's been traveling and has been following this case. So... Help me, um, Susan pomerlo to understand where, where we are. Whenever I hear somebody lands at LaGuardia, my thought is the next step is not New York City. It's somewhere else overseas or in a different country. Do we know if she's in this country?
4: Well, and she could be anywhere, but we are following up. And, of course, uh, the leads that are produced from, your, um, from this uh, interview will help us even more. But even today, we got 37 different tips that we're already following up with. And one thing I'd like, because I know we don't have a whole lot of time uh, having just gotten in on an airplane, um, today the United States Attorney for the Western District of Texas, um, a, uh, um, a uh, unlawful flight to avoid prosecution was signed. So now there are federal charges against her for fleeing after committing, um, we suspect she committed a felony, and also that she has left the Austin and the Texas area um, to avoid prosecution.
0: Do we know if she used her own name uh, when she was traveling?
4: Uh, you know, uh, we do know that she landed in uh, at New York and and we are following up on a number of leads, uh, both here uh, locally in Texas, but especially in New York. Um, and as those tips come in, we will get a better idea. Um, you know, our specific role is in um, Tracking her down, locating her, and then apprehending her so that she can be brought back to Austin, uh, so that um, the Austin Police Department can continue their investigation uh, into the alleged her alleged murder of um, uh, this young. Let
0: yeah, let me ask you this. D- New York, uh, does she have family? Does she have connections? Does she have friends? Why New York? And have you got some good leads as to where she might be and why she chose New York? And we don't, that's, it's a great question
4: um, in terms of why New York. Um, but certainly uh, any of the leads that we get, um, we're following up. And, uh, um, you know, we've, we went from not having much information, to now knowing that um that was her vehicle. Uh, we know that she got on an airplane in Austin. She's flown to New York and we're continuing to follow up to find out exactly uh, where she has gone.
0: We saw that she was wearing a denim jacket and a black shirt with pink writing on it and white and black sneakers, but we know so little else. Um, is there any other shred of information that will help people as they're spotting her? Because if she cut that hair, she's going to look entirely different. What else do we know about baggage, about uh, what she might have with her, uh, whether she, I think I saw some sunglasses at one point that were um, attached to her neckline. Just any other details that will help people watch for her? Well,
4: and of course, we've got the uh, video of her at the Austin airport, uh, but we also have um, photographs of her at a um, at a race, uh, which shows her hair put up, so that you can mm-hmm. see with her with short hair and with the longer hair.
0: And she's 125 pounds at five foot eight. She is very, very thin and quite tall. And I noticed yes. she was carrying that yoga mat on her back as she was uh, – I don't know how many Zen moments she's going to be finding as she's on the run. But, um, Susan, if there's anyone who's going to find her, it's you. You're a former two-star general, a former sheriff, and now uh, a U.S. marshal. I wouldn't mess with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep us updated.
4: <laughs> well, the, the issue is we have great people – uh, who are career professionals as Deputy United States Marshals. And we partner with um, local and state agencies and other
0: federal agencies. I have no doubt. I have all yes. my faith in you. Those other agencies, great, but I have my faith in you. Thank you, Susan Pomerlo, yeah. joining us live, having just landed. We appreciate that. Coming up after the break, um, direct messages. Direct messages from the killer in Uvalde to possibly a 15-year-old girl in...